Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. 108 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Los Angeles. Brendan Escott back in the 630 Chad Studios. And just before we hook up with Brian Lawton, uh, a recap on Oilers Game Day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Located in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and online at proamsports.ca. Up for grabs, a $50 GC gift certificate from Pro-Am Sports. And the, uh, the question today was, Tim Stutzla was the number three overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft. Which LA Kings player went second. Brendan, the answer is? Quentin Byfield out of the Sudbury Wolves, if memory serves. And just imagine, Bob, what the rivalry would be between Edmonton and L.A. right now if they had Stutzla instead. Okay, and I know Stutzla's got a 37-goal, 84-point season. Uh, I still would not write off Byfield. Look, I, th- I think that Kirby Dock, six foot four, right shot, eventually gets moved into full time center. Where is he going to be at? Year six or seven? Can he close the gap a bit on uh, Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes is a hell of a player, and Stutzla is a hell of a player. Uh, but there will come a time that Quentin Byfield will end up being the number one center for the LA Kings, and Kirby Dock has a chance to be the number one center for the Montreal Canadiens. Unless they fluke off and win the lottery, at which point that'll be Connor Bedard. Who got the trivia answer right today, Brendan? Dennis did. All right. Uh, so again, uh, in it, and, and I'll be honest, Stutzla's turned out to be better than I thought, and I should have known after seeing him playing in the World Juniors. Uh, the second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by World of Spas. We are going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Our headliner today is Brian Lott, Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brian, how you doing? Fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Do you have to give prospects some, like, I mean, right now, Jack Hughes is a a terrific player and a really good team um, in New Jersey. He's had a wonderful season. Uh, Doc, Doc was having a good year before he got hurt in Montreal after, you know, sort of the whole mess in Chicago. And we've talked a bit about Kirby Doc in the past. I mean, the best thing for Kirby was getting out of Chicago, but he does have 38 points this year in 58 games. And I think he could be a 70, 75, 80 point player at some time during his career as a six foot four right shot center. I do think Jack Hughes would be a hundred point guy. Um, but can, you know, players like Doc, and Byfield potentially close the gap over time on the, you know, on, on Stutzla in the case of Byfield and Doc in the case of Hughes. Now, Hughes went number one, Doc went three. Um, Byfield went two, Stutzla went third. Your thoughts? Uh, interesting to look at both of them. First off, that year, I had one GM tell me that he absolutely loved Stutzler that was in the mix for that. He didn't end up getting him. He was picking after. But uh, it always kind of blew me away. It's somebody I consider very astute. I won't get into it. But 
uh, he was just dead set on Tim Stutzla. should have been the number one pick overall. I looked deeper at Stutzla, and I saw what he was talking about. Ended up interviewing Tim for quite a while. Felt even better about that comment. And uh, all he's done is come in and really exploded this year to back those thoughts up. So good for Stutzla, but absolutely Byfield uh, will make up ground on him. And it's not a race right now. You'd love for your guys to be great right away. We picked Victor Hedman. Matt Duchesne, who was picked third, Hedman second, was the best player his rookie year. Even after their second year, you could say John Tavares and Matt Duchesne were both ahead of Hedman. But what you're really looking at is what is it going to be over the next 10, 12, 14, 15 years in all three of those players' cases. And uh, I would strongly suggest that Hedman ended up being the best player of those three no disrespect to the other two guys that's what you want to accomplish kirby doc is a strange situation because if you were really in tune with that one having a lot of conversations with people i always felt like chicago for whatever reason management wise kind of soured on him so when you say bob that it was really good for him to get a fresh start i agree with you and he has put himself back on track where you'd like to see him and that story is nowhere yet uh, near being a finished story. I think uh, Kirby's got a long way to go. I think he's going to continue to improve, and he definitely will close that gap. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if Kirby Dock ends up setting, centering Cole Caulfield next season and plays a full season and Caulfield gets a full year in, I, I see Caulfield scoring 40 goals, and I see Dock having 65 or 70 points. And then we're looking at it a little bit differently because... You know, Kirby's a six foot four right shot center. In Byfield's case, you go to that 2020 draft year, Alexis Lafreniere at times was hardly playing for Gerard Gallant. He's got 90 points in 211 games. Stutzla in 205 games has 171 points, but he's on a, you know, He's on an offensive op, uh, team in Ottawa where he gets, he's on their first line. He get, I'm surprised how much center he plays. Um, but he's, you know, he's exceeded my expectations. I just look at Byfield and they're, they're different organizations accelerate players at a different pace. Here's another one for you. You got Oilers fans, oh, you know, look at Zegras ninth. And Zegras is an interesting guy, Brian, because there's some players around the league, I'm told, that aren't his biggest fan. Um, but he's in Anaheim, and he's their primary offensive guy. And I saw Anaheim twice this weekend, and every time his line was on the ice, they were dangerous. The Oilers got Broberg at eighth. Well, Edmonton is slow playing Broberg. You know, like if they go 11-7 and seven tonight, he's in the lineup. But if they don't go 11-7, and seven, he doesn't play. Now, what happens with Broberg over the next couple of years you know, mentoring under a guy like Matthias Ekholm, possibly playing third-pairing left shot D behind Nurse and Ekholm. Is that a better development model long-term than a guy thrust right in? This is the other end of the argument that used to happen with the Oilers back in the early 2010s. So I look at Byfield. He's mentoring under Kopitar. He's eventually going to replace Kopitar. And my guess is Broberg will eventually be replacing Ekholm in Edmonton's lineup. Would you agree or disagree? I would disagree on the fact that he'll replace somebody else first as he steps into a regular role at 66 games, 21 years old. uh, There's nothing wrong with his development. Yes, I know you can always find somebody that's doing it quicker, but it doesn't matter. He's a defenseman. He's 21. He's only played 66 games. He's getting better. He's on a good track. He will be worth every bit of the eighth 
selection overall that the Oilers used on him. And you can't really look at maybe what somebody else has done in the same time period because, as you say, it's not just different organizations have different plans for how they're going to bring their prospects in, but it's also different circumstances in every organization dictate part of what that plan ends up being. When you look at all those factors, I don't have any uh, reservations about where Philip Broberg is at. You'd always love him to be better quicker, but if you've been around this game long enough, you know it doesn't always go that way, and you shouldn't judge players based off of that. Brian, I'm going to ask you, judge the Edmonton Oilers. Where are they right now in the league? Like, how good of a team do you think they have? Uh, I think it's been an A year for the Edmonton Oilers in terms of the improvement they showed, where they're at, the team building that Ken Holland has been able to utilize. Currently, you know, anybody can look up where they're at. They're eighth overall in the league. I felt like for up until the trade deadline, they were more in that north of 10 range in the league. Mm-hmm. I've always felt they should have been in eighth. Uh, they are there, eighth or better. I think they still have a chance to finish higher than that, and I like what they've been able to do, to be honest with you. Um, from Ken Holland's perspective, I don't know how you can conclude he's done anything but an A to A-plus job. If I were the president of the club, because you always ask me these crazy questions, I might say one criticism, and that would be uh, would have liked to see them go more in quicker. They still have two first-round picks at their disposal in the next couple of years. You may say, what's the problem, Brian? Why do you say that? I say that because I look at what's going on with their star players in Dreisaitl and McDavid two and three years two years for Dreisaitl, three years for McDavid left on their contracts. And you never know what's going to happen. I would anticipate both those players will be back. But if you were the president of the club, you might have said, you know what, now is the time to extend those picks and take three runs at winning a cup with the core group you have. That would be the only criticism I could come up with against Edmonton. In a lot of ways, Bob, down here in the States, we call that picking lint off a $1,000 suit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, the reality is they got the player they got back, Matthias Ekholm, the Oilers are 13-1-2 since he's been in the lineup. He's, you know, jump-started things for Bouchard this year. He's eased the workload on Nurse, and I stand by my comment. I think in time he's really going to help Broberg out as well. He is here for three more years. Now, they used the, the number one, a late, very late number one on Schaefer. That'd be a, a prospect I personally liked a lot. And then, and then this year's upcoming number one. And you said you would have hesitated moving the 2024, 2025 number one as well? Correct. If you look at where the Oilers are, I think that, you know, even though they're just cresting up into the top eight, I think for the next two plus years, depending on what happens with their star players, they're going to be serious contenders to win the cup. And I mean serious, as in top six teams. I would have tried to elevate the team. If you were the president, you would have tried to work with your GM, maybe to push that to happen a little faster because you're looking. The GM is looking very, very closely at what he's doing all the time. But sometimes you can get caught up in just the day-to-day. 
and it's, it's great if you can step back and take a macro view at it. That's why clubs have presidents. You're not going to micromanage what a GM's doing, but you are going to talk about big picture and things like that. And, and let me tell you, I have to think hard to come up with a criticism for Edmonton because I think they've had a tremendous year. But that would be the only thing I could even remotely come up with. Have they done enough to put themselves over the top this year? We're going to find out in the playoffs. Well, they clearly are a lot better, and Matias Ekholm has been a brilliant trade by them. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. How good of a player, this is a total curveball for you, Damon Severson in New Jersey. How good of a defenseman do you think? Because he's one of the guys that might be out there as a potential UFA. He is a right shot. Uh, <laughs> the Oilers are going to have to make room for Broberg next year. Uh, they've got, you know, Bouchard's obviously going to probably get a short-term extension uh, done. I don't want to put words in Jeff Jackson and Evans' mouths, but you watch uh, New Jersey a fair amount. How how good do you think uh, Severson is? Severson. I think he's very good. I think your point is well taken. You got to know every team in this league to be able to comment on it. When I look at Simone Nimick and Luke Hughes, yeah. both on the horizon, I could easily come to a conclusion that there are going to be some deeds in New Jersey that are going to potentially become available next year. I'd imagine that Tommy Fitzgerald will wait until after the season, see how the club performs in the playoffs, and then maybe take a look at a guy like Severson who's going to be UFA, at a guy like Ryan Graves, who they also have is going to be UFA, and make a determination which way the organization goes forward. I find it unlikely that they would re-sign both of those players. Not yeah, out of the I, question, I, but unlikely. Yeah, because they're going to want to make some room. Here's where we mentioned the irony of the situation for New Jersey is they've got Hamilton and they've got Marino on the right side. And Marino, has, he's jump-started things after a down year in Pittsburgh. And just think about this for a second, Brian. Ken Holland, when he became general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, he had Oscar Clefbaum, Adam Larson, and Darnell Nurse in his top four. So Oscar's career ends due to a shoulder issue. Adam Larson elects not to resign at Edmonton. Personal thing had to do with the passing of his father. Totally fair and understandable. And Marino doesn't sign with Edmonton. Now, I don't know if Ken Holland knew that Marino was going to be a legit top 4D. But I'm just kind of looking at, you know, I mean, he's rebuilt his defense fairly quickly. And he's built a bigger and more physical defense. Is that something you personally believe in? It is. I just think the D control the game. Um, 
I love the work that Edmonton's done, but one more, you know, player would go a long, long way for their D, in my opinion. There he got a huge uptick, you know, just by exchanging Tyson for Matias. Um, but yeah, I could, I could craft a little bit of a narrative around if you really want to win the cup, you've probably got to get one more guy back there than is better than what they have now and would arrive sooner than Philip Broberg will be able to give that to you. Yeah, uh, fair comment. You uh, you talked to us a bit about Nick Bugstead. He's played mostly, almost exclusively, third-line center. The Oilers, he's on the second-unit power play. Obviously, he's killing penalties. Um, seems like a pretty quick fit here at Edmonton. Are you surprised at all? No. No, he's a great kid. I think the coaching staff and management have done a great job. You know, Nick is, uh, every one of these players comes with their own unique personality. I know Nick very well. If you make him feel engaged and a part of what's going on, he will run through a wall for you. And I think the Oilers have done a really nice job of integrating him into the group very quickly. And I think that's helped his game along. He's contributed points-wise, not quite at the rate that he was in Arizona, but no surprise there. Um, this is a different team than Arizona was. Opportunity isn't as plentiful as it was for Nick there in Edmonton. So I guess I would have expected a little bit of drop in the goals, but he has been a positive influence for this club. We're talking about Ekholm. He has helped as well in a significant amount. And given the orders more size. So now, Brian, we're going to get you to put your agent's hat on. You ran Octagon's agency, got the thing started. They have several of the top players in the league, including Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Edmonton has a story to sell. There's a narrative that they can sell to potential free agents to round out their roster. So they're going to have, you know, they still have CC, they still have Kulak. Maybe they upgrade on one of those guys in the offseason, and maybe that's how they. Maybe that's when they use one of those first-round picks in the future or conversely get into the free agent market. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Maybe a player we just talked about. Uh, but in terms of rounding out the roster, how much did winning play or the chance to potentially win play a factor uh, for you with some of your clients back in the day, especially with guys that were maybe a little bit later on in their careers? Uh, it's enormous. It's case by case. You know, you got guys that they get to the conclusion that all they want to do is win. And we've seen extreme cases. I remember Paul Korea, everybody going to Colorado, Timu, you know, guys loading up, almost like we see more in basketball. Uh, there's other cases of guys that, you know, maybe have tasted some winning along the way or at the end of the road, and they're more mercenaries. And obviously, you know, there's one group there you want to get, another group you don't. Um, mercenaries always find a home because there's still a shortage of great hockey players. So if you're a great player, that gets filled in. But um, to me, the only negative for the Edmonton Oilers is they have to deal with, and people will hate me in Canada for saying this, but just reality, you know, some of the new changes I've heard players talking about, I get traded, I can't buy a home, the things like that that are out of the Edmonton Oilers organization's control. You can't worry about those things. I think Edmonton has completely reinvented themselves, and Ken Holland has led that effort. Uh, a lot of guys contributed to it. Uh, Dave Tippett, 
uh, everybody that's been there. But the organization, when I look at them, uh, there are very little limits on players that they can compete for because of the star players they have and the possibility that most people consider elementary that this is an elite team that's going to win some Stanley Cups. So, um, you know, that's about as straight as I could say it. I'll apologize to everybody in Edmonton because I love Canada. But some of the things that are happening on a national level politically are things that players are talking about that are not sitting that great with them. Well, and think of where some of the players come from, too. I mean, it costs a lot of money to go play hockey in the States, and maybe they come from certain backgrounds, which might be center, center, right, and Canada tends to lend a little center, center, left. Tax, is that an issue at all? Tax is always an issue, but, you know, certainly for American players, there are ways to shelter your income significantly. I don't understand why clubs don't talk about it much. I know some of the Oiler players are utilizing these strategies. It's quite a, quite effective for some of them. They're legal. There's nothing illegal about it. You know, the way we treat money in IRAs down here in Canada does is completely different. You are much more, um, there's much more optionality for players in Canada to be able to shield income. Good to know. Brian, thanks for doing the show. Love having you on. We'll touch base maybe in a few weeks, okay? My pleasure. Thanks very much, Bob. You bet. Geez, it's uh, 128 in Edmonton. That is Brian Lawton, and he is our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Do you want to mention guests on the show received gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We'll take a time out. Lots to still come, including a conversation with um, the friendly giant. Well, certainly a very popular member of the orders, Vincent DeHarnay, when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.